Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast once again for another week. The only podcast that brings you an extra 15 minutes of dead air absolutely free at the end of uh, each episode. Uh, No, that'll be a one-off on that one. Uh, But thank you for being with us once again. Uh, We're very happy to have you here, and it is a massive week in gaming. We've got news coming out from the Summer Games Fest. We've got the the Microsoft Bethesda uh, showcase. We've got stuff... uh, uh, falling out of every orifice here at the Discerning Gamer. And as always, I've got with me the DG crew, uh, starting with the PC Gamer himself, the Sultan of Steam. He's cooler than Fonzie and more wholesome than Richie Cunningham. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Ferg. G'day, JB. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm really good, really good. Also with us, we've got the gaming chef. He's firing on all cylinders, ready to dish out some. But if you close your eyes, emotional vanity, emotional vanity, emotional vanity, emotional vanity. It's Simon <laughs> Steely <laughs> McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, I love contributing to emotional damage, Joel. You know, it's one of my favourite things to do. I just don't like people reminding of uh, reminding me of it in a, in the future because then I feel bad. But no, no, this is this is your brand, mate. You are the the devastator. <laughs> this is your safe space, Simon. To yes. Just... So feel free to uh, give anyone and everyone a an absolute pasting uh, tonight. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, in a lot of cases, they actually deserve it, which uh, which is nice. So, um, <laughs> anyway, see, that's the thing. I'm just being honest, just being real, just being honest, just being real. Well, that's fantastic. Also, with us, we've got the Nintendo <laughs> Queen. She's totally ignoring all social distancing rules in her two point hospital cafeteria. It's Casey <laughs> C Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C Mac. Thank you, Joel. Thank you for having me back on the show, everyone. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. It wouldn't be the same without you. And uh, yeah. to that to that to that end, um, why don't you kick off our program today, Casey, with uh, a bit of news oh, okay. on your top pick of the week? Oh my goodness, my top pick of the week. Oh, how could I go past? If anyone hasn't seen the trailer, stop. Pause this. Go to YouTube and type in the Plucky Squire. Announcement trailer. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, you might. It is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this new game that has just been announced, it looks absolutely phenomenal. It is published by Devolver Digital. And the developer, which I only found out not long ago, is an all-Aussie company called All Possible Futures, and it's their very yeah. first game. I know, right? I looked it up, and the Sydney Morning Herald did a um, 
uh, article on them. And yeah, it's a, it's an Australian company. So that it makes me even more excited. And, you know, anytime that is a company's first game, I'm so excited because it means that I feel like they put their more heart and soul into it. <laughs> so anyway, but I can read the little synopsis that I read online about it. So it's the plucky squire follows the magical adventures of Jot and his friends, storybook characters who discover a three-dimensional world outside the pages of their book. When the hung grumpf realizes he's the villain of the book, destined to lose his battle against the forces of good for all eternity, he kicks the heroic Jot out of his pages and changes the story forever. So Jot must face challenges unlike anything he's ever seen in order to save his friends from hung grump hum grumps dark forces and restore the book's happy ending so you jump between 2d and 3d worlds in this charming action adventure solving puzzles boxing badges flying with a jetpack and enjoying many more delightful and surprising mini challenges as you become the hero of a living storybook oh my god (laughs) even the synopsis sounds amazing what's super intriguing about this game it sort of has a similar vein to It Takes Two. So it uses the techniques of different gaming styles, like top-down Zelda Link Between Worlds. Simon noticed there's a punch-out sort of style. Scribble noughts, where you've got to use different words to make things appear in the game. You know, Mario so- side-scroller. So this... Just go and watch the trailer. We <laughs> we watched the trailer and Noah, our son, was just like, oh, yeah, again? We said, oh, okay, we'll play it again. <laughs> it's only about, what, like one to two minutes. Watch yeah. it again. Oh, again? Oh, okay. <laughs> put it on again. Oh, again? I reckon we watched it, what do you reckon, Simon, 20, 20 25 times. And he asks for it every day, this one-minute <laughs> trailer. So, yeah, I need this game. But, unfortunately, it's not coming out until, I think, sort of early to mid-2023. So, there you go. That's my top pick, The Plucky Squire. What does everyone think? Has anyone seen the trailer? Yeah. I saw it after, I think you chucked it in the group chat, Casey, go and check out this game. And I went yes. and watched the trailer and I was just like, it, it's got. It starts off with this panning sort of panoramic into a bedroom, and I was like, "This looks like Toy Story." And then it zoomed, Toy Story, yeah, Andy's room. <laughs> yeah, then it zoomed in on this comic book, and it showed the figurines moving around. I'm like, "Oh, that looks really cool." And then when the actual figurine like picked itself out of the comic book and started walking around in a 3D environment, I was just like, I was blown away. Like, if that yeah. sort of a reoccurring theme throughout the game, I think that's super cool when it's sort of switching up between like 2D to 3D. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen oh, anything yeah. like that. And just, it was so, like, the colours, it was just, yeah, it was beautiful, so. And then and the narration as well, the narration mm. was really endearing. The whole thing just looks, yeah, I, I'm I'm so stoked for it. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, yeah, this is, this is I need this today. Yeah, looks amazing. Well, plucky squire. Nice car. <laughs> <laughs> that game just blew me away seeing that trailer. And when we first watched it, we were kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, I put it up on the TV and I was like, oh, let's just have a look at this new game that's coming out on the Switch, whatever. Let's have a look at it. And when, when we put it up on the TV and that moment that Jot jumps out of the book and I think Casey and I just both went, oh, what? Like we were so excited and I was just sitting there going that that's oh my gosh and then everything that happened after that you know there was like Casey said there's those 
sort of elements towards Zelda that come in, into it. You know, uh, one that stands out is Zelda Link Between Worlds. I don't know if anybody else played this. So I know that uh, Casey and I have. It basically it does that seamless interaction be- between 3D and 2D really well. And there's a part where he, he goes into a mug and the, there's something happening yeah. on the mug and it goes into another art style after that. And I was just like, this is just so good. What a, what a wealth of creativity to be able to take all of those really interesting ideas and put them into a game and make it uh, from from the very first moment you see Jot jump out of the book, you go, that's so interesting. That is so much fun. And I, how and how exciting that it's an all Australian, mm. like an Australian made game. I I, I I was blown away when I saw that. I was like, wow, that's that's made him even more exciting. Like something sure. local, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So I know that one's coming to Switch, and I know it's definitely coming to PC. I'm not too sure. Oh, it's about... coming to everything. I'm pretty oh, sure. Nice. I had a quick well, look, like Xbox, PlayStation, everything. Even better, we'll all get an opportunity to play, which is fantastic. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, speak... I don't know. Um... Speaking of, sorry, uh, you go, Joel. I was just going to say, speaking of coming, um... I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the uh, low-hanging fruit there. That's it. Uh, yeah, sorry, you were saying, Simon? Um, I, I think the last time I got really, really excited about an Australian-developed game was Hollow Knight. Mm. And I don't know if any of you guys have seen Hollow Knight or played Hollow Knight. It's a, it's a Metroidvania-style game. Really, really cool. It, it's so fun and endearing. And I think this seeing something of this vein as well really paves the way for what as a country what we can do in games i think there is just so much originality that's untapped even though these games certainly they borrow off different styles from other games hollow knight does with it with its entire premise right but it does it so well it's a roguelite metroidvania style game that just offers so much um mystery and great storytelling and i think that that's something that to celebrate i think we should be so proud of that i mean you know, we saw um, L.A. Noir when that came out. Everyone was blown away by that. And that was, you know, Bondi Games that did that before. I think they went a little bit bust. And that was all mm-hmm. part of being published by Rockstar. But these are Australian guys doing amazing stuff. And I just, I think it's, um, you know, it's it's something to really celebrate. No emotional damage there. No. no <laughs> Hold on to that so- sound bite, JB. Keep it holstered. I will. I will. I'll, I won't. Uh... <laughs> Won't prematurely throw that one out there when it's not called for. No. Oh, oh, that's the one thing you won't prematurely throw out there, Joel. Well, so. well. Oh, no. Emotional damage. No, God, please, no, no. Uh, all right. Well, uh, what, have, what have we got next? What have we got next? Uh, uh, Simon, Simon, uh, have you heard about this? What have you got? Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Uh, I'm sure you probably have. I'm sure you haven't. I don't know. Have you? Have you? Have you seen no. it? Okay, well, I'm about to um, tell you about it. Um... <laughs> oh, so good. Um, so first thing I want to talk about, more Nintendo Direct. Um, uh, it's, it, this is a moving, shape-shifting story. It's like a shape-shifter. Um, rumours, rumours, Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac. Chain, yeah. Word Association, Dreams. all these things. Um, um, guys, Alana Pierce. Maybe don't go into don't go into song lyrics, mate. We can't afford the uh, the no, rights. Yeah. 
Has anybody heard about no. Alana Pierce before? No, nobody? No. No, um, so Alana Pierce used to work for IGN. She now works for Santa Monica Studios down at Sony. That's that's pretty cool, I think, um, going from the journalism side of things to, to being involved in the game development and everything. Um, she mentioned on live stream at some point the other night, I don't know, earlier on this week, that a mate of hers basically said the next Nintendo Direct is happening June 29th. Now, I... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Wasn't it happening this week? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but the YouTuber that I covered last week, who's from Switch Force, has publicly apologised for delivering hope of a, of a certainty that the that you know the consensus now is shifting to another date. So he was he was kind of um, oh look, I'm really sorry that you know I said that I was 99.9% sure that it was going to come out. Um, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm sorry if I upset anyone. And look. Look, at the end of the day, it was happen when it happens. Was this the guy that this you threw under like, the bus last week, Simon? Yeah, look, 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 look. Now, now, this, <laughs> this is what this is what missed me about the whole thing, about all of this. Right. These YouTubers, right? They are just trying to make content, even though even though he said he was ninety nine point nine percent sure. There's always that point one of a percent where you could be wrong, and I mean, look, that, that, and that's fine. You know, tell him off for how he pronounces Charles Martinet. Not for this. I just think, you know, like, I think people just need to to grow up a little bit and understand that um, with any rumour, you need to tread carefully on your expectations of it. Nothing is real until it's been confirmed by the company. Obviously, people always say hype responsibly. And I think that's something that Nintendo fans especially don't do. Um, you know, I, I hype incredibly responsibly. I, I will tell everybody on this show if I think there's a rumor or something that I believe is going to happen. I, I'm not, I know nothing. I, you know, I'm just, responsibly. I'm you, you're here saying, oh, it's happening. <laughs> no, nah, done. I'm, yeah, that's happening. That's still hyping responsibly because I'm excited and I want it to happen. <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not coming out here giving any guarantees. I'm not saying, oh, you know, I know, you know someone from Nintendo and they've told me this, that this is happening tomorrow. I'm just saying like some other guy said this, I'm pretty excited about it. And apparently they're really sure. So mm. I'm saying it's happening. Like I, I'm, I'm excited about it, but you know, at the end of the day, hype responsibly, I think people just need to grow up and, and, and give everyone a bit of slack. Um, it just, anyway, that, that, that's what I have to say about it. I'm excited. I, I have some, some feelings, feelings in the water. That means nothing. But I have feelings in the water that this Nintendo Direct will probably happen on June 29th because I think that Nintendo, especially out of the confines of the E3 space, mm. are going to just beat to their own drum. That's something that they do all the time. Um, they're just going to come out, do it when they want to do it, whatever. We've seen a lot of stuff third party get announced for Switch uh, over the last couple of weeks, Plucky Squire being one of them. But I think um, that this is something that, you know, we should just hype responsibly, get excited about for when it happens. It's going to happen when it happens. <laughs> Whatever, uh, just Nintendo Direct, come at me. Anyway, so that, that's a little bit of a, a shifting a shifting news of the Nintendo Direct, but I, I want to talk about something else. So, um, and before you move Azuka on... Sun. Before Before you move tell me, tell on, me, tell me. Simon, uh, so you're predicting 29th for the Nintendo Direct now, the 29th of June? I'm not... I, this is not a prediction. This is just what I've heard on the grapevine. I'm not predicting anything. I don't have a crystal ball, but that, this is what people are saying. It's going, it's going to be on the 29th. That's what people are saying. Um, a couple of the initial rumours that went around, that email we talked about last week, apparently this guy um, 
leaked a whole bunch of that information, but it wasn't actually to do with the Nintendo Direct. He just said that, that was when that stuff was coming out. And mm. and we got that that information this week about Neon White and Turtle Shredder's Revenge and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But I'm just <clears> saying, <throat> 29th, don't, Watch don't space. discount that just yet. But also, it, you know, you don't know anything until Nintendo comes out and says we're doing a Nintendo Direct. So just, just whatever. I've never seen yeah. so much passion for... A rumor on a direct <laughs> on a piece of news because well, I'm so excited for Nintendo. But anyway, anyway, I, you, you heard it here first about. on the Descending more... Gamer podcast. Nintendo Direct <laughs> on the 29th of June, as predicted by <laughs> Simon <laughs> Steely McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, you know, putting words in my mouth, Joe. Like I said, I don't have a crystal ball. I've never predicted anything. What was, uh, what's the expression anyway, you so, were um, respectively? Let, what was it hyping it up? Responsibly, responsibly, not respectively, responsibly, responsibly. responsibly. (laughs) You know, take everything with a grain of salt. Hyper responsibly, all that, all that, all those fun buzzwords. Um, uh, Well, (laughs) got to go fast on this news, guys, because uh, it's more Sonic. All right, all right. I know. Jeez, I know. know, More Sonic. Come on, Joel. Azuka-san, Azuka-san, oh darn it, Steve. Uh, Azuka-san has spoken publicly about the state of Sonic Frontiers. Now, I I don't know if a lot of of you have obviously heard about what I'm talking about, how fans are petitioning for the game to be delayed. Mm -hmm. Um, He has come out publicly and said, we won't delay this game. You just don't understand it yet. Now, that, that to me is Azuka throwing out emotional damage himself um he is just kind of he's come out and he's basically said don't tell me anything about my game i know what i'm doing like it'll it's going to come out this year too bad um look this is really cocky and a little bit tone deaf as well i know when you show so much of an early build of the footage of a game and then only show very small select parts of it um so close to launch as well i think the community based off of our experience with Sonic games as well, have a right to be sceptical mm. and also have a right to want to delay for the game, you know, because we, we've not really seen any later builds of the game that, that Azuka is referring to. Like, people just don't know what this game's about because as well, hell, man, show us, you know, yeah. like, show us. us what it's about because at the moment <clears throat> we've got some pretty wishy-washy stuff, you know. Um, some more footage did come out this week um, showing a little bit more of the game. And, yeah, it's starting to look cool, but... This should have been a part of the marketing structure from day dot, and mm. it's just not been. And, and I think that, you know, everyone has the right to be sceptical of this game because, you know, it's like if I if I walk into a restaurant, last week they undercooked my chicken. If I go in next week, I have a right to be sceptical if I am dumb enough to order the chicken again, which I am with Sonic all the time. <laughs> I should expect that it's going to be undercooked. But I want it to be good because, like... I really like the guy that's cooking the food, but I know it's going to be bad. Like, I just, you know, it's like, it's that really frustrating thing. We, t- I mean, I've talked about it so many times. I'm going to sound like a broken record soon, but um, look, I, I still feel like I can't knock the game until I try it because I think that that's, that's where the proof is in the pudding. We can look at any kind of marking material we want, but we can't knock it until we try it. And that's just because I'm a diehard fan. That's just well, dumbness on my part. Simon, as you're walking into EB Games with your hard-earned dollars clutched in your fist, you're going to hear this echoing in your head. Turn back before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> 
David. Um, so anyway, uh, on the Sonic front, I just wanted to touch on something else that um, has, has come out this week. We've also yeah, received confirmation that... I'm, I'm touching it. Yeah. I'm just putting my fingers on it. Wow. Just my tips. Um, anyway, <laughs> we've received confirmation that um, Michael Jackson slash Jet Zones music um, from Sonic 3 won't appear in the Origins collection. So this has come out this week. Um, reasons... Yeah, I know, I know. Um, you know, a couple of the reasons being there's a, a lot of um, copyright issues surrounding this stuff, obviously, because Michael Jackson's involvement with it and, you know, l- legacy material from the team that wrote the music that all worked with Michael, that he used the music afterwards, blah, 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 all of the kind of controversy that sh- surrounded the whole thing. Um, but, look, I-, I just wanted to let everybody know... I. I- I'm, I'm away this week. And the reason why I'm not actually here uh, with Casey this week is I actually flew to Sigasami Group headquarters this week mm-hmm. to listen to the music that will actually replace the Origins, um, like that replace the original tracks in Sonic Origins. And I, I sent this to you earlier today, Joel. This is just a recording what a scoop. You um, did, yeah. of what I heard today of what they're actually going to replace uh, in, in, in um, Sonic Origins. Do you mind playing it for us now? Sure. We'll cut live to that audio now. <laughs> Good job. Yes, well done. Um, yeah. uh, nice, nice work, Sega. <laughs> Does my head in because um, I mean this to me. I I almost feel like if this music was a part of the game in the first place, I don't understand how it's such a big deal. Um, it it's far superior to the prototype music. If you go and listen to prototype music for any of those songs that are getting replaced. It's just shit house. Oh, and, hang on. Um, they're saying <laughs> emotional damage. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I really hope that what they try and do, they're, they're saying that what they're going to try and do, and one of the original components composers from Sonic 3 is going to be working on this, is to try and re-adapt the music from the original game into this game. To me, it's just like, why don't you just put it in there? Like, what, can't you work it out? You see a Sammy group. Like, are you really, you know, see a Sammy group, get in there, have a little talk to um, Janet Jackson or one of the Jacksons and just, uh, you know, um, what's a blanket Jackson? Just be like, hey, I want to use your Papa's music in this game because Papa, you know, got a couple of guys to write on it beforehand. Come on, like, it, it makes the game. Um, and it really does. Like, there are some tracks on there that are just phenomenal. It's such a good soundtrack. This is disappointing, but I really hope they do something that, that pays homage to those original games because it was, it's just wild. Mm. Um, really, really good soundtrack. But anyway, um, that, that's, that's really all I had to talk about. Tell you, I've got to go fast. Got to go fast. You made a good point, Simon, uh, back a few minutes about <clears throat> some of the comments that came out. I think the trailers and stuff that they've shown now, I think there'd be a completely different reaction if they actually gave us some context some better context of what the actual gameplay was about. And I think that's where a lot of the concerns everyone's raising, including all the fans with this petition, is based on looking at it, you have to make an assumption that you're looking at what will be the gameplay. But I think if they did a job of coming out and saying, this, what we're showing you is a specific level where this is happening and this is happening, it would have done such a better job of basically curbing everyone's expectations and what they're looking at. Leaving it so open-ended, mm. I think, is why they're getting a bit of a backlash. And like you said, to come out and say, well, you feel that way because you don't understand the game is, yeah, like I said, it's a bit of a uh, kick in the guts for the uh, the fans that are obviously so excited about the game. But mm. I think yeah. 
Bazooka Sand should prepare for something to... Ass uh, into the ass. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, to be dismissive of your, your fans, the people that are going to part with their hard-earned uh, dollars to, to buy your game and, uh, you know, and all that, I think is a pretty big mistake, especially in this day and age when, mm. you know, everyone's a warrior uh, behind the keyboard, you know, and mm. uh, aren't afraid to let rip with some uh, some good old-fashioned emotional damage. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I, if you think about it this way as well, you know, um, Zelda, for example, when Zelda went into the format that Breath of the Wild is in now, if you saw a, a basically a seven-minute video of Link walking around in that open world picking up apples, you'd you'd be shitting all over that game too. Mm. But they gave it so much context before they showed us what that was all about. And I think that that's really important. And yeah, like what we've talked about it to death, but yeah, I'll let you go on now. Well, I just wanted to uh, bring the listeners of The Descending Gamer a little uh, glimpse into the Summer Games Fest, which is going on uh, at the moment. And I've just, I mean... It's probably uh, you know a lot was it was a sort of two hour presentation that they they played for everyone, um, but rather than going through all two hours of uh, of the footage, um, I just wanted to talk through a couple of the the highlights that I've sort of cherry picked um, to to discuss. So, Capcom uh, revealed some some more gameplay footage for Street Fighter Six and showed off uh, the character Guile. So uh, I don't know if that uh, you know wets the appetite of uh, anyone uh, around the uh, the DG crew, but uh, uh, you know get get ready to get your sonic boom on. Um, we got a reveal for a brand new Aliens real time strategy game subtitled Dark Descent coming to console and PC in twenty twenty three. So what do you reckon? Uh, uh, real-time strategy bit of a shift for the aliens franchise yeah not never been a huge fan or played those games but sure why not mix it up it's yeah well, <laughs> you can mean, I'm, I'm picturing something similar to like a starcraft or whatever you know yeah. like i think that that could be pretty cool mm. um but uh you know i dare say the side with the aliens will probably have a slight advantage <laughs> yeah but anyway um we got a gameplay reveal for the Callisto Protocol, the Dead Space style game from oh, yes. some of the creators of Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really does look a lot like Dead Space. Um, but, <laughs> you know, a uh, bit of, bit of, bit of horror, horror for you there, C-Mac. Yeah, I know it's one of your favourites. <laughs> oh, my God. The, um, <laughs> the trailer for that. What, what is the bit where they're walking past? Did I talk about this already or did I tell Simon? I can't quite remember, but they're walking past and that edging edging through this little crevice and then this dead thing just is sort of looking into space and then all of a sudden it just has its eyeballs like flip around and then it just, I just went, no, nope. <laughs> yelled no. Next. And I was next. like, that's, that's that next, thank you. But it's all right. Like it looks good for people that like that sort of thing. But, no, yeah, not, not for me. We might have to see if we can get a, an advanced copy sent uh, sent through to you, get a download code <laughs> from uh, sure. from the developers of the Callisto <laughs> Protocol uh, just just for you. 
Um, <laughs> we also got to have a look at a campaign mission from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, Infinity Ward's upcoming shooter. So the mission called Dark Water sees Task Force 141 assault an oil rig in the rain. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I know this is probably more up your alley, isn't it, Ferg? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you think of that uh, that footage? Yeah, so I watched the presentation as well. Um, and, yeah, that was one of the things that really stuck out for me. So as far as Call of Duty and, you know, that franchise and my relationship with those games, pretty much the only games that I buy in that series and the ones that I've loved have been the ones that have been developed by Infinity Ward. So <clears throat> I'm trying to think off the top of my head to keep the COD juggernaut rolling each year with a um, a new COD game every year. There's Sle- Sledgehammer Games, Infinity Ward, and I'm trying to think who the other developer is, but I can't remember. But pretty much all of my favorite COD games have been made by Infinity Ward. So it's it's this year is their year to release a game. So I'm looking at this one with bated breath. They released the 2019 reboot of Modern Warfare and they also released the Battle Royale mode Warzone. Um, and yeah, the trailer looks great. As far as the mission, it doesn't look like anything we haven't already seen in the franchise. It's a bit of a stealthy thing. But one thing that really caught my eye, which I thought was awesome, is in the actual trailer they showed, I think they were on, they're either on a, was it a ship or it was a oil rig of some description? And yeah, it looks yeah. like it was some kind of, you know, storm going on. And there was some dynamic environment stuff, which I thought looked awesome. So there was some shipping containers that were moving sideways across this sort of, um, this area as you were, and you could sort of move from cover to cover. They were showing the player move. And I just thought that looked so cool. These dynamic environments where you're, you know, you're basically, yeah, traversing a level and there's, cover that's moving left to right and things like that and you have to just adds another whole element to the to the game so it'll be interesting to see if that translates to the whole campaign and how they use similar things in in other environments but yeah that that looked cool well, yeah well watch watch this space be mm. keen to see a bit more revealed about modern warfare 2 mm-hmm. it's got to be better than vanguard mm-hmm. um we also got a glimpse of goat simulator 3 um mm. And uh, interestingly enough, there there is no Goat Simulator two, um, so they've uh, Skip they've one. just literally jumped to to Goat Simulator three. Now, did did anyone see the footage of this? Uh, yeah, I saw this one as well. No, this, I haven't. This was another one which I thought was fantastic. So, I'm not sure if you guys are all familiar with the Dead Island two trailer that was released, maybe. Oh, it might have been 2014, I think it was. Right. So this was a sequel to some of the other Dead Island games. And at an E3 all these years ago, they showed a trailer for that game. And basically what happens is there's a runner who looks like he's sort of on Venet's Beach. And it starts with him tying his shoes. He puts his headphones on. He cranks his music and he starts running. And as he's running down the boardwalk in the background, it's sort of chaos sort of unfolds with zombies attacking people and he's completely oblivious to it because he's just running and he's got his music cranked and when they introduced this game they introduced it in the same way that they introduced that trailer and the goat simulator 3 trailer is essentially a parody of the same trailer so you see the the runner tie shoes crank his music start running but instead of zombies in the background it's goats causing all kind of havoc <laughs> so i thought that was hilarious and like you said i have no idea why they've gone from one to three as opposed to two but i thought that was quite 
quite funny to do a parody trailer. Well, because of... it's Goat Simulator and <clears throat> yeah, everything's weird in Goat yeah. Simulator land, like <laughs> the goat with his giant tongue that, you know, flicks around and all that. So, so it, it, it caught me off guard because I saw it and I was like, oh, holy crap, it's Dead Island 2. We haven't seen this game for like 10 years. And then it seemed a bit off. And then I saw the first goat flying past with a rocket strapped to his back. And I was like, yeah, this is... Uh, this is not Dead Island 2. <laughs> so I thought that was quite clever. Oh, well, anyway, uh, might be worth a look. Yeah. Could be good for a, for a few laughs. A few lols. Um, so there's a there's a video for a Firaxis XCOM-style Marvel game called Midnight Suns due out on the 7th of October. Um, now, Casey and Simon, did you guys play any of the XCOM games? Like these are the newer no. ones, the... The ones that came out recently that were released by Firaxis. No, but I know you're a big XCOM fan. Massive fan. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the closest I've gotten to XCOM is playing Mario plus Rabbids. That 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 was really XCOM heavy. It was. It felt like the same style of game. Yeah, I remember. You, I remember you telling me about that when. Yeah. You were you're saying it's very similar. Well, the yeah, but tell us about it, Joel. Tell us about it. Well, for for anyone who who's not familiar, like the XCOM style games, they're a they're an isometric top down style game where um, you've got uh, a squad and it's a turn based strategy um, rather than real time strategy, where you've got uh, units that have got a certain number of actions they can take on a given turn, and then you know you you end your turn and then the enemy forces take their turn and, and you go back and forth until you've sort of achieved your objectives or, or the the enemy wipes you out. Um, but one of the, uh, like, the best mechanics of um, XCOM was always, like, you start off and you, your your crew are hope, hopelessly outgunned. Like, you, you just start off with basic weaponry like machine guns, handguns, basic grenades and stuff like that. And as you start fighting against alien squads, you start recovering their equipment and then you take it back to your base, you research it, and then you can start using their items against them. Um, and over time, you progressively get more and more advanced weapons, armor. Um, you start to research like the control systems from their UFOs and everything and start to be able to build your own equivalent fighter planes and stuff like that. Um, so that's that's like the the best part of the XCOM game so i'm interested to see how closely midnight suns follows the uh, that XCOM format um or whether it simply starts and ends with it being an isometric turn-based strategy game but um does anyone know what the midnight suns sort of name is in reference to i assume it's something you know that already pre-exists in the marvel Marvel Universe, but I'm not familiar with the Midnight Suns property. Not off the top of my head. So it's not a, too sure. It's a reference to when Nicolas Cage first got the um, role for uh, Ghost Rider, and that was the drugs that he was taking at the time as he was um, getting in, involved in the role. That's how he actually got into the role of. Um, of and anyway, that he was he was dropping some Midnight Suns. <laughs> Well, they would have had to have dropped something fairly decent to deliver that kind of performance and that kind of uh, mm. one in a, a billion type movie. Well, mm. uh, apparently it's going to feature uh, 
comic book characters from multiple Marvel comics, uh, such as Midnight Suns, so that must be its own sort of comic series, Avengers, X-Men, and Runaways. Uh, Players will be able to create their own superhero named The Hunter with a choice of over 40 different powers. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been developed in Unreal Engine. Uh, I don't know if it's Unreal Engine 5, but... um, I tell you what, it, it looks pretty good and, and being developed by Firaxis themselves um, as well. So it's not only like um, like XCOM in, in terms of uh, its style, but it's actually developed by the same, the same crew. So um, really, really interesting to see how that one shakes out. Um, next up, we've got, we've got to look at uh, the DLC for Cuphead. Now, mm. uh, I know uh, Simon is really hanging for that delicious last course uh, <laughs> that uh, Cuphead brings, even though it might uh, put his entire marriage in peril. Um, what, it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> what, did, what did you think True of this one? True sickness and health, except if there's Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> what did you nah, think of this one, so Simon? Good. Yeah, it looks so good. I'm I'm really really excited for it. At the same time, we got an announcement of uh, some more Cuphead episodes coming to Netflix, and um, I'm sure you'll be excited about that, Joel. When you can be, you know, uh, ma with Madeline. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm just uh, I'm really pumped for this. Um, I'm pumped for a challenge. I'm ready to I'm ready to roar. Ready to fill up my cup head with some more um, uh, delicious. Tea from the chalice of um, MHDR Studios, whatever they're called. Anyway, uh, I'm really pumped. Looks amazing. Looks awesome. All right. Um, Also, uh, we've got a a video for a cool-looking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mm. game entitled Shredder's Revenge. And in said footage, we had... uh, Casey C. Mac Jones, uh, April and Splinter fighting in a six-player co-op mode, mm. uh, and it's out next week. Mm. So, uh, what did uh, what did the DG crew think of Shredder's Revenge? Looks awesome. Want to jump back into the uh, the old TMNT world? Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, I just I thought it looked awesome. Yeah, definitely left an impression on me. Just the art style and just the vibrant colors, and yeah, it just looked like a classic. 2D scroller fighting game looked awesome. Mm. Yeah, what about you guys, uh, Casey and Simon? You think you'll uh, have a look at this one? Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja uh, Turtles? Yeah, I, have, I haven't actually seen it, so I'm, I'm frantically trying to watch, <laughs> watch it now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think, it's, I think it's crapping up my internet, so I might stop because the audio is cutting out. Um, this, yeah, this but definitely kind of... something I would get into. Yeah, well, I mean... Sort of, um, really... Sorry, sorry, I keep cutting in. Um, but it reminds me of like the old school Battletoads view, you know, but with um, uh, with that sort of vibe uh, that, you know, is a little bit more pixelated. And I don't know if you guys have ever played the Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, game. It was kind of very reminiscent of that same sort of, you know, that sort of art style and that, that type of game as well. It kind of looks looks like fun, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's enough for me. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to get right involved into the Ninja Turtles and everything again just for this game. I don't mm. know. 
Oh, it might be it might be an interesting one. I, I might chuck it on my wish list and wait for it to come on sale, and then then have a have a bit of a sus then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got uh, some info on Saints Row. So the Boss Factory mm-hmm. demo is launched now and lets you design and set up your character. Uh, we got a new trailer for Gotham Knights, which still looks shit. Um, it looked better than what they showed the first time around. I think they got the order right. They should have shown that trailer first. I thought that made a better or left a better impression than what we saw the other week, which was. So they showed that you can get some like new skins and things for Nightwing, um, but really beyond that, it was. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't have very high hopes for uh, for old Gotham Knights. I think it's going to be a be a steaming turd (laughs) emotional damage i agree as well joe i don't think i think it was it looked better but again it's not uh winning me over as far as uh yeah wanting to go rush out and buy it but yeah i think i think it's going to fall into the same basket as uh uh, crystal dynamics avengers uh title Mm. uh, unfortunately yeah um but uh, i think i'm Oh yes, yeah, yeah okay. go, go, Simon. What do you got? I, I think unfortunately there there's a couple too many games that are out there at the moment that are trying to capitalise off a formula that fans previously liked. So you know, this this game feels like it's trying to capitalise off the the Arkham formula, a little bit of the Spider Man formula, but it's just not doing it as well. And I, I think that that's becoming a dangerous trap for a lot of people. Oh, well, everybody seemed to like that. So I'm going to make my version of that. Like, and we we're talking about it with Breath of the Wild and, and Sonic. You know, I, I want to make an open world game where, you know, not much is in the world and it's really mysterious. But do you even know how to do that? Like, are you just going into that wanting to do it just because you think it would be cool? And it kind of feels like the same sort of vibe, right? But yeah, it's, it's going to be a steaming turd, like you said, Joel. Well, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, but uh, I'd like to be wrong as well. But yeah, I mean, it's got all the all the the marks of what could be a good game. But um, uh, I mean, it's getting pretty close to release now, and um, I I'm still not uh, not buying into it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in wrapping up the summer game fest, uh, we had Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog. Uh, taking to the stage to talk about the standalone multiplayer Last of Us game, uh, which we'll get more on next year. But uh, what Naughty Dog did show was the already leaked Last of Us remake uh, for PS5. Mm. So, um, unfortunately for you, Ferg, the Last of Us is a PS exclusive, I'm pretty sure. This Um, new one's coming to PC. This remaster, well, yeah. There we go. Uh, so that was. So have yeah. you played it? You haven't played any of the Last of Us, have you, Ferg? I've never played them, but I've watched. Uh, <gasps> I've watched the first one, so I've watched someone play that game. Oh, okay. I, I've never played them because I'm not huge on the sort of. I love the narrative-driven story, but I'm not huge on that slower pace, stealthy, sneak up on stab things in the neck kind of stuff. So. No, me neither. I think the story just got just. Grabbed in. me too much. I couldn't stop. We couldn't stop playing it. But yeah, it's. I'm not really a fan of suspenseful stuff like that either. But it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, with the uh, HBO's uh, Last of Us show mm. that's uh, just wrapped filming um, and could potentially be out by the end of the year, there's been talk of potentially a, a bundle Last of Us remake 
and Last of Us Part Two um, in like a like a bit of a two pack or something. So uh, might even be worth holding off to see if we can uh, snag that and and get get both games. But um, yeah, uh, but that's that's only rumor. So I, I don't know how much fact there is to that. But you know. Time will tell. That bundle would be perfect for someone responsible like Ferg hype. that hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be perfect for someone like Ferg that's never picked up the game, you know, and never played it. It's a, it, I think that would be the most definitive way to experience it. I mean, even looking at some, I, I was saying to Casey the other day, seeing that um, that initial trailer for it, I, and she goes to me, oh, I went and saw the PS3 one, and for for when that first came out, and it looks really good still. And I couldn't believe I said, it. I could not believe yeah. the comparison between the PS5 and the PS3. I'm like, wow, the PS3 version looked insane. Mm. Like for I, for a console that came out. Ugh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I remember saying to you though, hey, you know what's funny about that is that this trailer looks like how I remember watching that first trailer when it came out. When, you know when it was announced and it's just funny how your mind remembers it looking so so realistic mm-hmm. and so good and then you see this and you just and then you see them side by side as well and you go wow how far it's come it really has come so far there's just that those little tweaks that make it feel so much more immersive and so much more real and i think that's a really really good idea on their part and if they do this bundle i think that's that's really smart too Interestingly, too, um, I, I heard another rumor about Naughty Dog that they're currently working on a brand new IP for a new series of games. So um, that news is exciting, considering their uh, their pedigree. Um, with when you look at games like The Last mm-hmm. of Us and Uncharted, Uncharted. Um, so watch this space because I think. Um, I think yeah. we're going to be getting some some pretty exciting stuff from them. Yeah, for sure. Also heard a rumor um, that we could be getting a state of play in October, roughly, uh, which will be all God of War Ragnarok. Um, so You're dropping all oh, the yes. the rumor the Woj bombs today. JB. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've picked up <laughs> picked up a few little nuggets of knowledge yeah, uh, around the trap. Someone so. on the inside, who knows? Yeah, hype so. responsibly, Joel. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, don't, uh, get, don't go getting rumor drunk. All right. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I think I think I've I've held the stage for long enough. I'm going to hand over to Ferg now for. So, sorry, Joel. Just before you move on from the uh, Summer Games Fest, I, there was one couple of things because I watched it as well, and I just wanted to flag to get everyone's thoughts. The other one, again, that I thought looked super interesting was, I don't know if you saw it, it was called Metal Hellsingers, which is a rhythm-based Doom-like shooter where you shoot, dodge, reload in time with a beat of a metal soundtrack to finish the level. Yeah. And I just thought, what an amazingly cool and original idea. It, It looked like a zombie shooter and the guy was shooting in time with the music soundtrack and what's even cool because i'm a bit of a metalhead is that they've got people such as serge tankian from system of a down randy blythe from lamb of god and mac heavey from trivium who are all involved with either writing songs or you know producing or composing the soundtrack so i saw that and i thought that looked super cool as as a pretty original idea i can't think of too many first person shooters doing similar things so i thought i'd flag that one that was pretty good yeah, the could other be, could be an interesting one to, yeah. to have a look at 
And the other one, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but I just couldn't wrap my head around this. But did you see the weird, the Rock Johnson cameo in the middle of the presentation? It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. About, I don't think it was halfway. It was in the first third. But um, Jeff Keighley, the guy that, you know, who puts this thing on, sort of said, oh, now we're going to cross to, you know, a huge guy and blah, blah, blah. And they did a cross to what was the Rock at home in his gym, he was shirtless, just sort of strutting around holding a camera up to his face and he sort of just used the time to promote his very small role in Fortnite where he was he's a new character called The Foundation. He also used the time to promote Black Adam, which is a movie that's about to come out and he also subtly showed off his new energy drink by holding it up in front of the camera. And I just thought it was the most weird and bizarre thing like... You couldn't see his bottom half. I'm assuming he was wearing shorts, but he could. He might as well have been naked. But I just thought it was the oddest thing <laughs> to chuck in the middle of the into the whole thing. I don't know if you guys saw it. Go and check it out no, if you haven't. Because I, I was I just, didn't see it, but I, I was, think Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Killian needs the money. I was a bit bamboozled. It was nearly like I don't use the word cameo, but you know that app cameo where you can you mm. know pay celebrities 50 bucks to give your grandma a shout out for a birthday yeah, yeah, or something yeah. it was nearly like jeff Keeley like booked the rock to come on the show for four minutes and it was like a last ditch effort of him you know he was he stopped himself you know doing bicep curls in the squat rack to whip out his phone and just film just this odd sort of four minutes of and i was just was sitting there watching and i'm like what is this about it it was so weird because outside of that the actual show, I thought, like the delivery and the pacing was really, really good. And then you just had the Rock shirtless talking yeah. about his new movie yeah. and pulling up the know. handbrake and showing yeah. everyone. Nice car, more or less. But anyway, I just <laughs> thought that was bizarre. Go and have a look and uh, let me know your thoughts. Will do, will do. All right. Uh, what about uh, what about the uh, Microsoft Bethesda showcase? For- yes, it was a action-packed weekend of watching different showcases. So. Probably one of the biggest ones over the weekend was the Microsoft and Bethesda showcase, which was for us Aussies conveniently. I think it was on at two thirty in the morning on Monday morning at night. So didn't watch this one live, but I did watch the replay on the Monday, which was lucky because it was a public holiday. Um, but yeah, again, overall, I really thought that Microsoft and Bethesda did a really good job with their showcase. You know, if I was going to give it a score, I'd give it a four out of a five. And I think the only way they could have, you know, topped it is if they dropped some crazy, you know, announcement saying that, you know, a new Elder Scrolls game's coming out next week. Something crazy like that would have put it over the top. But I think with what they had and what they showed, I thought it was fantastic. And what was really, really refreshing and what I really, really enjoyed that it would have been in about the first minute of of the show. They basically say, righto, today for the next two hours, everything you see, all the games we show are going to be out in the next 12 months. So from the get-go, there was an expectation that it was like, sweet, everything we're going to see, I'm going to be able to get my hands on in the next 12 months. You don't actually believe that, though. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> they say 12 months and then, oh, Until it gets it'll delayed, be delayed, but... it'll be delayed, yeah. No, I think I think of all the stuff they showed, they all look pretty good. And it was no CGI trailers. It was no, you know, they didn't show Fable or any of this stuff. So as much as we... You know, we would have liked to seen you know a new New Vegas two or something like that in the pipeworks. I think it was good just to watch it, knowing that hey, everything we're going to see is on the horizon in the not too distant future. Um, so yeah, and I think it was a bit of a strategic move by them because 
you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, Microsoft, they've bought all these gaming studios, but they actually haven't released any original games or any of their own IP for a long time. And after the delay of obviously Redfall and Starfield, it was looking like nothing was coming this this year. So I think it was a strategic move to just stick to what they've got and be like, hey, we, we hear you guys and this is everything that we're going to drill out in the next 12 months. So we saw a lot of stuff. I'll go through them really quickly and stop on some of the highlights. They started the show with um, the open world co-op first person shooter Redfall, which we talked about a few weeks ago because that was just um, delayed. It was supposed to come this year. It's been delayed. That one... I'm not 100% sure what to make of that one at the moment. It's sort of, the trailer started, it was like someone going through a church and there was blood splatters and it, I got sort of horror vibes, but by the end of the trailer, it looked like a bit of a zany four-person co-op shooter. So I think this one's going to be best served with friends, um, giving them credit, Bethesda, they actually showed quite a bit of footage, so it was good to get a good look at it. I don't know if it's something I'm super excited about, but it looks interesting. Um, a game that you mentioned before, Simo, Hollow Knight Silk Song was shown. Um, a, release, a release date to be C, but again, going on that 12 months, it should be in the next you know, year and a bit, maybe. We saw a game mm. called High on Life, which was a game that comes, interestingly, from the Rick and Morty creators. So it had a very similar art yeah. style and it was a bit of a cartoony first-person shooter, which looks interesting. Um, we saw a new Forza Motorsports game, which, again, looks unbelievable. Um, we saw some more Flight Simulators, 40th year anniversary coming up. So there's an expanded edition coming, which includes hang gliders and helicopters. And um, interestingly enough, they released a, a free add-on, which was the Halo Infinite I think it's the uh, I think the, the Pelican is the people mover in that game, so you can fly around one of them. Mm-hmm. We saw some Overwatch Two, which looks <laughs> looks pretty cool. Um, some more DLC for Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout seventy six. Um, some DLC for Forza Five, which is a Hot Wheels pack, which looks kind of cool. Um, again, we saw another half naked bald bodybuilder in Vin Diesel showing off Ark Two <laughs> and the trailer for that one. Mm-hmm. Which, um, just a side note. Ark is actually free on Steam for PC. If anyone wants to go and pick that up, you can do that for free. I think I can't remember how long for, but in the lead up, they're obviously um, trying to get people involved in the universe and try to get those pre-orders going. Uh, we saw an, a Minecraft Legends game, which looks pretty cool. Something a bit different than your typical Minecraft. That looks pretty cool. Um, a great game called Lightyear Frontier, which caught my eye. It looked a bit like a first-person Stardew Valley robot kind of thing, which looked pretty good. Um, another one that I thought was fantastic is a game called As Dust Falls, which is a, a, they're describing as an emotion, emotional psychology drama, um, which had a really cool art style. Um, another one which I'm excited about is Grounded, is out of early access, a game that I played when it first came out, um, but there was very little content at that point so I sort of left it pretty quick but I'm interested to go back to that one um, probably the biggest disappointment they did show Diablo 4 but I don't think they did a very good job in really pumping that one up um, so it, it looks like Diablo it looks cool they're talking about a new a new class the Necromancer which looks interesting um, but I think they could, probably could have done a better job of just making that seem more exciting than what it probably is more sea of thieves dlc another highlight not a huge fan of sea of thieves i have played a bit but um i thought they had a really clever and creative way of explaining the new content that's coming and they did that through song and it was like a song 
the pirates at the local tavern singing a song which was basically singing about what's coming in the game which i thought was quite interesting an interesting way to do it mm. um a good friend hito kojima popped up and very interestingly said that he's teaming up with xbox specifically to release an exclusive game no other details it could be that overdose <laughs> game we speculated about last week and side note he did quickly come out after and say hey look i'm not teaming up with xbox exclusively you know just for every game going forward i think it's just going to be a one-off so well, still got a relationship with sony and, and what, everyone else um, what i heard about this was um apparently in the the actual press release kojima says he's collaborating with xbox mm-hmm. on this game and it's going to specifically leverage their uh, cloud streaming technology mm-hmm. um however i don't think anywhere it actually says that it's, it's exclusive, exclusive. Oh. um so we may yet see that roll out to other, platforms, other platforms but um but yeah it's not it, i don't think it's been confirmed or denied one way or the other he is working with them on it and i dare say if it's leveraging a proprietary technology that uh, works specifically with microsoft and their cloud streaming service um then maybe maybe it's maybe. implied in that that it is an exclusive but uh we'll, we'll wait and see wait and see on that one mm. um yeah the second to last one they basically um uh, the, pretty much the whole Persona games are now coming across to Xbox One and PC for the first time, yes. um, which is is awesome for everyone on Xbox. They've more or less been exclusively PlayStation games, so you know if you've never played those games, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity to play them. And just again, while I'm going through this, pretty much everything they mentioned is all going to be available on Game Pass, like the whole pretty much all of it there's a few exceptions but for the most part all of this stuff is going to be available game pass day of one which they pretty much reminded the viewer every 30 seconds um and so that was most of it except they finish with starfield so we got about 20 minutes of starfield um and it involved god howard as he's been referred to online, I've realized what a fantastic nickname. Not Todd Howard, he's God Howard now. He strutted out in his brown Fonzie jacket. And for 20 minutes, he more or less, yeah, he delved into a lot of stuff with Starfield, which was fantastic. Um, you know, considering it was delayed, I think there was some concern that they maybe didn't have a lot to show. But we got a solid 20 minutes of of gameplay and locations and different things that you're doing, a little bit of back, background to the story. And really, like after watching that, my thoughts is... Yeah, I'm actually super excited after watching the tra- the trailer and everything they've seen. I'm feeling optimistic and pretty positive about this game. Um, the aesthetic of the game reminded me of a bit of a hybrid between Mass Effect and Fallout, which we're obviously quite um, familiar with. The worlds look great. You know, they made a big emphasis on customization and, um, you know, making yourself look the way you want to look and there's a big emphasis on spaceships so flying around you can build your own and design your own spaceship um there's a whole stack of different planets you'll be able to you know build bases and stuff on and so the scope and the size of the world looks incredible um and i believe they mentioned that there's over a thousand planets that the player can visit in the game yeah which you know sounds impressive but then you sort of wonder um, are we getting a thousand planets that are full of shit 
Or, you know, would, <laughs> would we prefer, say, 50 planets that are full of, like, rich and vibrant sort of content, you know? Yeah. Like, do I want to go to, a, you know, 900 planets that are just like rocks and, you know, just grinding for loot, you know? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, <laughs> my notes and the only two concerns or, you know, question marks I had of the show was, the first one was the gunplay, it looks serviceable. It doesn't look amazing and, you know... If you've ever played Halo or, you know, Destiny and stuff like that, you sort of have a pretty high benchmark for that stuff. I didn't think it looked bad. I didn't think it looked amazing. But, yeah, you're right, JB. They they were sort of winding the show up and Todd Howard sort of looked in the camera and he said, oh, I bet you're wondering how big this world is. And then he proceeded to tell us there's going to be a thousand worlds that you can visit. And the question is, you know, that's fantastic. Awesome. A thousand worlds, that's great. But will I want to visit each one is the question mark. And... Is right. it going to be a copy and paste of 998 of them? That's going to be a very important question for them to answer because if you if there's nothing to do on the worlds or you have no incentive or you don't want to go there, then they're, they're just a waste of waste of space in space. Well, you think about how many of the, the worlds you, you went and visited in Fallout 4, you know, another Bethesda title... Mm. And uh, you know all the different places that you go and visit throughout the wasteland, and how many of the farms and things that you go and visit to help when you're doing the Minutemen uh, Radiant missions, yeah, all look you know pretty similar, or, yeah. or or you know slight variations on a theme of you know basic little structure and a, a bit of a bit of a field next to it, and maybe a bit of a fence around it or something, and mm. some you know busted busted sort of uh, bath tubs or brick, you know, um, you know, cinder blocks and stuff like that. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's one thing. To, and when they sp- spruiked Fallout 4, they said, you know, it's you can play this game infinitely. There's going to be infinite missions. But I don't want to pay play infinitely bad amount of missions. Like, mm. I'd rather play 20 good ones than mm. just play, you know, Minutemen mission fetch quests over and over again because it's just pointless. So, anyway, I've rambled on a lot. Uh, I don't know if you guys managed to watch the presentation. Overall, I thought it was pretty good. Did you guys have some thoughts? Any any games or anything that caught your eye? Well, I mean, the temptation is there to try and get some platform to play Starfield mm. on because I, I think it will be a good game, and I do I do think Bethesda you know do a great job of their games, and, and certainly like. Um, the mechanics in Fallout 4 where you could build your own base mm. and have supply lines and all that, that was all excellent. Mm. Um, and if if they're taking that concept to the next level in Starfield and having it so you can build ships and bases and terraform worlds and that sort of thing, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to beat, you know, like mm. um I'm I'm sort of I'm responsibly predicting now i reckon we're going to see a, a 90 plus 90 plus score on metacritic unless unless the game comes out and is you know cyberpunk-esque broken uh, full of bugs if mm. they can if they can get on top of those bugs and glitches and all of that and release the game in like a1 condition um this is going to be a contender for game of the year and yeah. um and a thousand a meaningful planets, a thousand reasons to visit these planets. That'll be the big one as well. So I'm, I'm very upset that I don't have an Xbox mm-hmm. to play it on, but no. I don't know whether I'd, 
I don't know whether I'd go out and fork out the money for an Xbox just to play mm. that one game, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I think it's that um, it's that vibe of quantity over quality, almost mm. like you were talking about, Fergus. Is all these planets going to be? So is there something in it for me to really go exploring? Is there going to be surprises along the way that that draw me as the player to go? Oh well, shit! I found that here. What if I went there? What can I find over there? You know, and that mm. I think there's that sense of whenever you're dealing with space and you want to go across different systems and things like that, like like Todd was talking about the other day, you're going across different systems and and everything. There's got to be something that draws you to them. It can't just be your curiosity. There needs to be, you know, because curiosity is what draws us in real life, right? To spaces that we don't know what's out there, but in a game we want to kind of have the expectation that it's going to be something exciting, you know, mm. like, and, and so if there's nothing there, um, it's, it's going to fall into that really dangerous path of, okay, well, this is so big and I can go and do all this stuff, but what for, you know? Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm tentatively being a bit, um, a bit stressed out about that, looking at that from that point of view. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. Watch this. Watch this space, uh, Bethesda, Microsoft, and uh, well, I, I hate to say it, but that's all we've got time for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. Um, yeah, we, uh, we've just got so much content we couldn't cover it all in one week. So uh, we'll I'm, come back next week. We'll come back next week and pick up uh, pick up the the bits that we've missed. So. Uh, I'd like to say a big uh, hearty thank you to the DG crew, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, JB. Good on you, mate. And Simon Steele McLaughlin joining us from halfway across the country. Yep. Thank you so much, Joel. <laughs> Always a pleasure to come all the way from Sega Semi Group to you and to deliver <laughs> you the freshest Sega Semi Group news every week. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Joel. And if you want to uh, get in touch with us, uh, you can find us at The Discerning Gamer on Facebook, Discerning Gamer Podcast on Instagram, Discerning Pod on Twitter, or send us an email at discerninggamerpodcast at gmail.com.au and we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Chill out. Pass into the ass. <laughs> 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 I'd use it once. <laughs>